Ah, so we continue uh, this, we continue this uh, Sunday uh, with our conversation about a call. Um, we know Mary. Mary received a call, this young Jewish woman um, had received a call to be the mother of, of uh, the Son of God. Most of us in our lives, uh, well, I'd say all of us in our lives have never received that kind of a call, but we, can sin we continue to be aware of um, God's call in our lives. So this morning we're going to turn to a letter from Paul. We have done this before. Um, covers a wide range, this letter from 1 uh, Corinthians. It covers a wide range of topics. It includes the uh, love chapter. Um, through all the challenges and all the, the questions that this early group of Christians face, these, were, these are Paul's words to them and to us this morning. Um, four simple verses come from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. Do you not know that in a race, the runners all compete, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win it. Athletes exercise self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wealth, but we do it for an imperishable one. So I do not run aimlessly, nor do I box as though beating the air, but I punish my body so that after proclaiming it to others, I myself shall not be disqualified. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh God, open these holy words to us, these old words, and make them new in our lives. Ah, help us hear you, that we might know your call. Amen. I promised myself that I would preach a sermon this fall without a sports reference. This is not that sermon. Oh, uh, yeah. It's not a football reference, though. Um, but we're going to need to take a little bit of look at baseball in order to get the sermon title called up. Okay. So in professional baseball, as in probably all professional sports, players are drafted. They make a contract with a professional team, and they come into the system that has various levels of play. Um, some early, early leagues, and then you move, if you're good. You move from a single A to double A to triple A. And then if you are really good, and if the team you have a contract with needs you, someone in your position, if you are really good, if you excel in triple A, then you what? Get the call. You get called up to the bigs. Right? You get called up to the bigs. So... This year, the Cleveland Guardians, previously known as the Cleveland Indians, have called up 14 players and counting. 14 players have made their major league debut this year. Some of them have stayed up, and you're really hoping I know that I don't list all the players. Although Oscar Gomer uh, Gonzalez needs a reference. 
Some of them have stayed up, some of them are starters, some of them have been sent back down. But what all of them have said, not just for the Guardians, but across the board, if you listen to players who have been called up, what do they say? It's a whole new ball game. It's a whole new ball game. Because now you're, everyone you're playing with is great. Now everyone you're playing with has been called up. You have to bring your whole self, your best self, to every game. Okay. Paul didn't know about baseball. But what Paul did know about in this writing was running. Paul was writing to a church in Corinth that was a city halfway between Athens and Sparta. They knew about the Olympics. That was part of that history. So he applies this idea of athletic excellence to this life of faith, to these early believers that are just getting into the game. My uh, baseball analogy that Paul, I'm certain, would have used if he had known the sport was that you don't want to stay in the minors all your life. That's not what you're aspiring to. You want to be called up. And once you're called up, you want to stay up. So this is a little bit hokey, I realize, but I want us to think about this morning what it would mean to be a major league Christian. Now, this doesn't mean being perfect, right? We can quote numerous scriptures that tell us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's not being perfect, and it's not being notable. It's not being listed as an all-star. And it doesn't mean meeting the need of every person. But what it does mean is excelling in and paying attention to God's presence in and around us every single day so that we can be big league in hearing and responding to God's call. That's what our Bible study a lesson for uh, this fall is called, uh, the call, called, hearing and responding to that. One Sunday back in July, we uh, looked at another word from Apostle Paul uh, when he said, pray without ceasing. We thought a little bit together about what would that mean. Is that kind of like sort of frantic prayer that um, you feel compelled to keep bringing up uh, your concerns? But I think what we all found helpful were some words from Sister Joan Chittister that talked about prayerfulness. That being uh, prayerful means daily paying attention. It's an attitude, an awareness of God's presence at all times. Most of us, I include myself in this, live in the minors on this most of the time. Um, I need practice. Maybe you do. Maybe you need some coaching. Most of us need a training routine. On how is this that we do this, that, that we become so aware of God's presence that we readily answer the call, right? That we readily see the call. It's not like becoming aware of God's presence so I can, you know, sit you know, every day and just sing Kumbaya by myself, as lovely as that seems. But as uh, to become aware of God's presence so that I can see and hear and answer God's call. So what, you know, some of this is just a reminder. What did the 
practices around this paying attention that's good for us if we want to grow as Christians in training? Simple, right? Begin the day with a prayer practice. I don't think I've, I literally, I don't think I've ever heard anyone talk, write, speak about prayer without acknowledging in some way that at the beginning of the day, the beginning of the day, to become aware of God's presence. Now, for some, I've heard, I've heard people say, before I even get out of bed in the morning, my first words are like, good morning, God, and get oriented to the day. For others, it's coffee, looking out at the bird feeder. Dave and I have often told you, have a daily devotion that has some scripture and prayer. And then we pray out loud. Every person in our family and every person that we can remember that we've told we would pray for them. And I notice every now and then I get a little bit, and I want to say almost superstitious, as if if I forget someone's name, that God will forget them, you know? I mean, that is a, it's kind of a fine line that scripture says, you know, be specific in our prayers. But we also need to remember that in prayer, that is uh, God knows. So the prayer practice doesn't always mean just talking at God, but rather this awareness at the beginning of the day. Um, another prayer practice, I think in the world of major league Christians that I've heard people talk about, um, I know folks that carry a stone or a cross in their pocket or their purse or have it in their car. It's a visual touchstone, a um, Roman Catholics are, are known for rosary beads, but that is a practice that can be shared across um, denominational and, and uh, faith lines. It's beads because when you touch them, they remind you God's presence, God's presence. Some have a scripture verse uh, in their car, on their refrigerator. Something you see, right, that reminds you that God is present so often I've heard people talk about cardinals. A cardinal reminds us that there, uh, God is present. For me, something that has become so important to me of just remembering that God is always there is when I'm biking, whatever crosses the road. I started wanting, I think I've told you this before, I started wanting something real big and dramatic. I'm always hoping for a fox. That happened once. <laughs> that happened once. But what else crosses my road? Oh, a gr woodchuck, groundhog, squirrel, bunny, chipmunk, little bitty caterpillar, once in a great while, a turtle, a butterfly, a bee, right? All of creation. And once I orient myself to that, then I see and feel God's presence. And most of us, I never like to say all of us because I don't know this to be true, most of us need some practice time with the rest of the team, with one another. Oh, we can do batting practice at home or in a cage, or, but, but to really play the game, we need to be with each other. Worship, that's why we're here, home, online, in the sanctuary. Bible study, we're really blessed this fall to have a couple of ways to be together in that. Prayer groups, support groups, 
whether it be inside or outside of the church, in person and online. And when I began, you know, when I began to think about this sermon, I thought, oh, this is going to be a, <laughs> this is again, this is going to be a whole list of all these various practices we've been talking about. But as it unfolded, what I realized was this is the, this presence, knowing, observing, being aware of the presence of God in our lives is the linchpin that holds it all together. It is the, the core practice. It's the cardio work that allows for all these other things, study and service. It is the practice of the presence of God. So as we practice being present to the Holy Spirit, recognizing that God's presence is absolutely everywhere. As Peter uh, preached in the book of Acts, God is this one in whom we live and move and have our very being. Hmm. So, are we ready to get called up, right? Are you ready to get called up to the big leagues? I pray that for each of us, that we feel that movement, so that we can be aware of what the needs are, so that we can look like Jesus in the world. And then, and then, when our time comes, that we will really be called up, right? Called up to heaven. And then we're going to be working with a whole other team of uh, major league players. So, ah, so breathe it in. God's presence in our midst. Amen.